thank you for tuning in. We are Tristan and Michael, and you are listening to Fuse Transparent Conversations for Marriage, Family, and Relationships. We invite you to join us as we discuss perspectives that are thought about but not talked about. So tell your friends and family to check us out and always follow us on social media to join the conversation. All right. We have a lot to talk about today. Yeah, it should be good, though. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we always got a lot to talk about, though. True, touche. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we always got, you know, some some interesting, new, different, you know, ideas to kind of bring to the people. That's the goal. Yeah, just to try to explore, you know, what relationships should and shouldn't be. And could and couldn't be. And could and couldn't be. I like that. I like that. And we say relationship, it's not really necessarily talking about romantic. It could be family. It's all that. Friends. Yeah. Work. Yeah. But uh we just try to take our insight, right, and try to share it as much as possible. And really not just ours, right? We kind of, you know, we, we, we glean off other people in the situations that we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we read some things and, you know, so forth. So and that's what we are jumping into today. So we are gleaning from um, our book that we're going to be just reviewing over these um, next couple episodes. So uh, feel free to download it or um, pick it up at your bookstore. So we, if you have heard of the book, we are going to be discussing The Sacred Yes by Reverend Deborah L. Johnson. Yeah, I mean, Mr. I know, I, you know, when she said Reverend, you said Deborah in the same, you know, sentence. Some people probably like got like, oh, they clicked off but they don't like it. But that's their problem. Anyway, we think that you can absolutely get something out of this, mm-hmm. right? We think that some of the approaches. You want me to explain the reason why? Yeah, Let me explain. Go okay. Okay. So, so the sacred yes is about. So, Miss Deborah, I'm gonna say Reverend Deborah Johnson went through a dark place in her life, mm-hmm. and she started writing letters. And how she described is that these letters were journaling. If you want to say letters or journaling, came directly from God. These words came directly from God, mm-hmm. and ended up coming turning into 300 different letters. Yeah. And she put them in a book. And it's pretty interesting. If you haven't read it, it'd be something definitely worth going to go check out with it. It's, you know, Audible or Kindle or going to purchase or whatever. But we're going to pick up uh, out some few things and kind of talk about some of those. Yeah. And I want to know, it is really important to continue to read and continue to learn. Like we have mm-hmm. so many outlets, like we have um, all kinds of social media places where you can learn and you can grow and you can listen and podcast. But it's also important to pick up books and to get um, different information from what these writers are, um, you know, what they what their experience is. So we try to do that for every from time to time. We've done um, emotional intelligence. And now yeah. we're, we're reviewing this book and some of the things that we can apply to our life. So I'm excited to jump into it and we hope that you join the conversation. You can always go to our social media or you can email us info at fused marriages.com. Okay. So before, before you jump into it okay. real quick, if you don't mind, I, I apologize. I should have said it when you gave me the floor, you know, mm-hmm. they give you the floor and then that's your opportunity to speak. And then you got to be quiet and sit down until it's your turn again. So the protocol, I broke it, but I wanted to say this because one of the things that actually sold me on her, right? Okay. Um, we typically research people. We just don't just, you know, read anybody or just, listen. but like we research them kind of, you know, get a little background on them. But one of the things that she said that I caught, I think I saw it on her on YouTube. I was this YouTuber and Googling whatever to figure out, you know, her background. Mm-hmm. She said, spiritual attributes are not nouns. Start scratching my head. Okay. She said, uh, you know, People say often say, you know what, I am love, I am peace, which is a noun, right? That's a noun. I am truth. I am whatever. Mm-hmm. She said it's not a noun. It's actually a verb. 
She said, I said, oh, okay, hold on, I'm scratching my head on that. Okay, a verb. Okay, you know what? You know, she said, you have to give love in order to receive love. You have to be peace in order to receive peace. Hmm. You have to show faith in order to, to, to be able to have faith. So it's actually a verb that we need to be giving out, right? And kind of kind of kind of showing the world versus saying, This is what I am. Only way you can be that is actually to be be doing it. So if you want more love, you got to be loving. I mean, so she went the whole thing. Anyway, it was to me that like, I was like, hold that. It got me to thinking. Yeah. I just started thinking about it. Yeah. Cause I don't even know if I would have said it was a verb or a noun. I'm over here. And yeah. But people use like adjective, that. What, is, what do you hear them say? Adverb category. What do they say? They say, you know, I, I am love, right? I, I am peace. They kind of like take that on. Like, I think um, they regurgitating that or they actually feel, I don't know what the reason why people say it. I have personally never said it, but I've heard people say that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So she has some, she has a lot of different nuggets. That yeah, we can, that was good. That sold me. That sold me. That sold me on her right we there. We can consider. So as we said, Reverend Johnson, um, she is based in Northern California. She's spoken to Fortune 500 companies, motivational speaker, obviously author. So we're going to glean from her book, The Sacred Yes. So um, as we jump into, you kind of gave some background, but one of the things that you said that I thought was really interesting is that this all kind of came out of a dark place. And I know mm -hmm. um, for some of, you know, for you and I, or for some um, of you all that are listening, sometimes when you're in those dark places, when you can really receive a word, and I know this might be, yeah. you know, like not everybody that listens to us is Christian. So we, we are very thankful that um, for those of you that tune in from all of the various um, perspectives, belief systems, etc. But I have often found, at least in my life, when I have really been like, still and quiet that's when i'm just like i need something to hold on to and mm -hmm. that's where she received this and um you know obviously we're big proponents for therapy and for journaling and for self-care and mental health um but i find it really interesting what comes out when the pressure is on yeah. what comes out yeah. when you're like if i don't if something doesn't grab me right here I don't know what my next step is. So um, that always, for me, is an enlightening kind of thing. Like, okay, when you're at your darkest place, when you're at your lowest place, what comes out? And that's kind of a checkpoint for me as a person. When I'm not at my very best, what's what's coming out of me? What's coming out of my mouth? What's in my, what are my thoughts? Mm -hmm. um, and even kind of wielding them in a different direction, desiring. So what she did is she started um, journaling as some of us do, you know, she started writing these, these, what she, um, later calls epistles, which is just, um, a long letter. It's a formal letter is what an epistle is. And you can kind of see if you, um, are a theologian or study biblical doctrine in the new Testament, you see these epistles. So she started writing these letters. And as she was writing these letters, she, she believes that God was just kind of downloading this stuff to her. Um, so the first area that we're really going to focus on today um, is communication. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I think every relationship, like I said, knowing about this romantic friendship, family, kids work. I mean, you're really dealing with a lot of communication. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think the ability to be able to communicate and people be able to just really say, you know, have dialogue back and forth. is really, really important. I think, uh, she touches on, on a word that she received that I think really, it made me think mm -hmm. right about what communication is. Mm -hmm. And I, and I appreciate that. So I don't know if we want to jump into that. If you have a comment on that or. 
Yeah, I'll I'll make my comment after I read what she said. So she says, there is a difference between communication and information dissemination. It is not a communicate. It is not a communication until the message is both received and understood. Just receiving information does not mean that one is in fact being communicated with. There must be a connection. There must be a communing at some level. And I really, I really like that. Um, I think some of the times, some things that we miss in um, in our relationships is the listening part of communication. She calls it um, a communing at some mm-hmm. some level. There has to be some level of understanding for it to actually be effective. I would insert that effective communication because yeah. there's a lot of people that talk to talk. My my mom used to say like. Some people just talk to hear themselves talking like they Mm -hmm. just they just like the sound of their own voice. They're not really saying anything. I'm sure you guys know some people like that. Um, But I think that this is really important that it's not just information dissemination. It's not a lecture. A lecture is not communication. That's that you're missing that back and forth. You're missing the opportunity to really be understood and for somebody else to um, connect. No, absolutely. And I agree with this, everything that, that you said. I'll kind of just add a, a little bit, a little bit to it. Just of my thoughts. I mean, the idea of uh, some, even though you just like to talk, some people just be use communication to disseminate. Right. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to even to get an understanding, but just to say, I'm going to tell you about this. I'm going to let you know about what happened this or how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. The idea they just that's not communicating. You're just disseminating. As you said, lecturing, we don't typically do that. I mean, if you do that in <laughs> husband and wife relationship. I think people do. It, it happens. Yeah. It happens, right? I think, a lot of, I think a lot of our disjointed, quote unquote, communication mm-hmm. is I'm disseminating information. And after a while, one partner is going to feel worn down or you're just going to fail to have a relationship altogether. Yeah. That's when we start talking to couples and they say, you know, like, we, we don't really talk. We don't really connect because you're just disseminating information. Pick up the kids at this time. I'll be home at this time. Are you getting dinner or am I? Where do you have to be? What time do you have to go into work? What time is that meeting? Can you? And mm-hmm. it becomes that logistical conversation. It's just I'm telling you what's on my plate. You're telling me what's on your plate just so that we both have an understanding of what's on a plate, which is still not the connection. It's missing that. I like how yeah, she said that connection good is the biggest portion really yeah. of communicating. It's I, I'm gaining understanding, you know, and, and I think that in particularly in our marital relationships, it can easily become a dissemination of information depending on how much stuff you have mm-hmm. going on, things you have to contend with. And I'm not saying that sometimes that's not um, a part of our day or week or month. Cause sometimes there are just, there are just some heavy times like in our family, Christmas, is heavy. December is a heavy month. We have birthdays. Okay. We, we have a lot of birthdays that happen for our children, for our family members between November and December. Plus you add in holidays and you know, all the holiday parties and work things and life things. There's a lot that happens. So December, we have to be very intentional about connecting and communicating because it can easily just become, this is what I need you to do. And at that point, one or both partners is really just going to become just feel worn down. Yep. So it cannot be communicating just to disseminate information. No, absolutely. I mean, even I mean, sometimes it's like you said, it's the we call it logistics, right, of of life. But also it could be just about, you know, it's only one side. I'm telling you about my day just to get, you know, I mean, it's not really Mm -hmm. having a conversation about your day. But here's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And that's not communication. You're saying you're disseminating, which is fine. Sometimes it's needed. Mm-hmm. 
But if I'm telling you about my day, if I'm breaking it down to that level and we're not connecting on like, okay, on what that means and, you know, how was your day or kind of that dialogue back and forth, Mm -hmm. that could be, you know, not considered communication as well. And I think a failure to communicate can also be symptomatic of some other things Mm -hmm. that might be festering. So if you're trying to entice your partner to communicate or to connect and they're short, you know, Mm -hmm. like, how was your day? Fine. No, anything special happened? No. You know, that, that, that there might be some underlying things that's leading to this lack of communication. There might be some hidden resentment or some frustration. Um, I think a lot of people just would like to chalk it up to, oh, they're just tired. That's just how they are. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, if that's how they were when you first met, you might not really be that invested in the relationship. You might not be to the point of marriage, but at some point there was, um, a schism, something right. that, that created space where there wasn't this dialogue back and forth. So I think it's important to, to have those sit downs and to be able to say, Hey, we're not communicating well, or I'm missing some of the conversation that we used to have, or maybe it's, you just both need to relax and laugh. Um, because, you know, I, I think when things are really intense, when life gets intense, you can have one or both partners just mm-hmm. kind of shut down it because it's, it's too much. Or if you argue a lot, um, I was counseling a couple recently, and if if all of your arguments, I mean, all of your conversations turn into arguments, you're not going to want to communicate. And so then you're going to have this breakdown that is happening, like that she references, there's not a connection. Because every time that we talk, we argue, so I don't want to talk. And then at some point, you're looking at, you know, opposite sides of a piece of paper that you're both supposed to sign. Um, So... Anyway, I thought that that was that was interesting. So another thing that she talks about is speaking to the heart. Yeah, I think I mean at the ultimate, we're trying to just get it right. We want we want to have the best communication possible. Um, and you no, know, we we at this paragraph, or at least this this part of the book. It like I think it helped just kind of drive to me drive home the point of what does that mean? What does that look like in like words? Right? She kind of pinned this as words from God. You're like, okay, that's if I can apply that to my relationships, mm-hmm. what that means, I may be better. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read this piece. Okay. I speak to your heart so that we may communicate. I speak to your heart so that there can be an understanding. However, you are well aware of the fact that I can only speak to your heart when your heart is indeed available to me. Man, that's amazing right there. I think that last part of that, right, being available, your heart has to be open. Yeah. If your heart's not open, then, you know, if I'm willing to speak to your heart, I'm trying to speak to your heart, but it's not open. First, I got to want to, mm-hmm. right? I got to be intentional about trying to speak to your heart. Right. Not trying to speak to your mind, not trying to speak situation. I'm speaking to your heart mm-hmm. in regards to whatever we're dealing with, right? Okay, how bad, how whatever it is, I still got to speak to your heart in order to, to get the best communication. Yeah. So we're kind of taking like some deep dives into Mm -hmm. this because what we're talking about now is so far past surface. Like I know that there are, you know, the external things that we might like, you know, physical attraction or gifts, the things that are outside that really speak to our inside. But when you really start to dive deeper, we start to see that that relationships have to do with your mind and your heart. You know, how are you speaking to my spirit? How are you speaking to that innermost part of me? And this availability thing is huge because our propensity is as children, 
we are open, you know, we're, yeah. we're open to whatever we want to receive love and somehow the layers of life kind of force us to be um, less vulnerable. And that's, and, and that's wisdom. Like you, you, you shouldn't, it's naive to be completely open to everybody all the time as we are as children. Like we teach right. our kids, you know, you don't talk to everybody, you know, our, our youngest daughter, she wants to, everybody's Super her friend, friend you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so we're, so we are, you know, you, you raise your children to be more aware. Um, but as we become adults, we really kind of hide a lot of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And even in our marriages, I know you start to think like, well, will this person love me if they knew this? And it's not maybe intentional things. It might just be the things that you think about, the things that you struggle with, or, um, you know, something that you might think is trivial or a piece of your past that you really just don't talk about anymore. You might think it's inconsequential, but mm -hmm. you, you put these barriers up and you stop being available. And because it is so easy to put up barriers, then you cre you're creating this distance again from your spouse or your partner or your friends where it's hard to penetrate, to really say I'm available and I'm open to my husband or to my wife. Um, and we do that in friendships as well. Like, not necessarily being open to friends. I really want to hear what your thoughts are mm -hmm. because as we talk about availability and I want to apply it specifically to men um, connecting in friendship with other men. Why is the posture of availability such a challenge for guys to do with one another? Um, Just, I mean, I think first of all, it's a, it's a trust factor, right? Mm -hmm. Of like really being able to uh, be vulnerable and open up to somebody else, even a woman for that matter, when a woman, but like it's hard for us to open up to you mm -hmm. as our wives. So imagine what that looks like to another, you know what I mean? Open up to another man. Like it's, it's just hard. Mm. And our ability to do that is just, it takes practice. You got to be intentional about it. Mm -hmm. You got to want to do it. And I don't care if it's with your wife or with, you know, uh, some uh, a relationship you're trying to build because we all need strong surroundings. Mm hmm. And a lot of times we don't necessarily have that. Or we don't you necessarily desire that. You said you have to be intentional mm -hmm. and you have to want it. What stops that? Because I, I often see and have witnessed and have kind of come to understand that women more readily will make some sort of connection, maybe not full vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And some of us are better than others. Um, but I rarely see that level of depth um, from from man to man. Yeah, I mean, most men, we kind of built to, like, live on this island. And, like, you know what? Hey, you do your own thing. You make your own money. You, you know, you solve your own problems. And if you come from that type of thinking, then it's foreign to, like, you know, hold on. That's not how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But we're raised that way, at least to think that way. You know, if a boy gets hurt, you know, what do we tell him? Hey, get up. You'll be all right. Don't cry. Don't come over here. You don't know. You good. You're not. Your leg ain't broken or nothing. Hmm. If a girl happens, come on. Let me cause talk about what's wrong. What does it hurt? How do you feel? You know what I mean? It's a little bit more tender in how we approach them. Boys don't get that balance a lot of times okay. until when they get in relationship with a woman. Woman's like, okay, why he's not tender? Why he ain't? You know, it's like he don't care. But I've also seen some guys that are and ladies. Like I've seen women shun them. Like yeah. he's too soft. Man. You know, like so. I, I I just see a lot of guys, maybe we'll do a whole show just on yeah. guys' inner emotions one day, but I've seen a lot of um, dynamics with guys where they're not sure where that middle ground is. They're not sure to whom they can be 
vulnerable Mm -hmm. where they can, how they can. Like, I believe that there are some guys that will go to church just so that they can feel okay crying. Like that it's like a safe, safer space where it's like, okay, maybe it's expected. Maybe he's going through and they can wipe up their tears and leave. And so, cause I know some guys that, will never cry in front of their wife mm-hmm. or their children. And I'm not saying that you should or you shouldn't, but I wonder the reason why. I wonder how this availability affects them. She also said this. Um, I am ever available to you. This is why you can talk to me at any given point in time. I am always standing ready. I am mm-hmm. available. That is to say I am accessible. That's I want to hit that. I, I am accessible. You have my full attention and all of this is my deep intention. Mm-hmm. Those last three that um, I'm accessible. Like yeah. I think the physical and the emotional, I have access to who you are. Um, you have my full attention. I, I, I imagine, please tell us if you've experienced this in your relationship, but I imagine how challenging, and I know we've experienced it, where you'll be trying to share something and somebody else, their attention is divided, they're doing something else, Mm -hmm. where there isn't that time to connect. We went to a um, marriage conference once, um, and one of the speakers said that what they do is they have intentional, what did she call it, like patio time or something, where they get away and they sit and they talk like friends mm-hmm. where they just sit and they say like, okay, um, how are you doing? Just almost like this is my buddy. Yeah. Um, and I, I still remember, this is several years, actually a while ago, but I still remember how impactful I think that that was to be able to sit down and just talk to your friend. They said that they're like, I guess she might, I I would imagine that she has her cup of tea and she seems like a tea person to me. Um, But she has her tea and he's kind of sitting there and, you know, they're just having this time to commune and to connect. And um, how important I've always thought that that, that that was, that there's no destruction. There's no TV. Cause it's great to connect over, right. you know, dinner or watch cuddling and watching a movie together or whatever. But I, I wonder how many of us take really intentional time on a daily basis to look across and just to talk to our spouse as a friend versus, and this is that non logistics conversation, not really with a goal in mind, just, Hey, how are you doing? You know, just like we would have done when we were like caking back in the day, you're talking on the phone, just seeing how, mm-hmm. how life is going. What are your thoughts? No, I mean, I, I think that I, I like the word accessible that, that was used as well. Cause it's like, I had to go back in my mind, like how many times, like, am, you know, let's say we having a conversation, am I fully accessible? Mm-hmm. Right. Or am I doing something else? Whether it's with the kids or with work or watching TV or doing whatever, right. Or kind of thinking about some other stuff while you actually talking or kind of, like, you know what I mean? To be fully accessible to somebody yeah. is like, I think we got to find times to do that. We got to be like, okay, hold on. Putting the phone down, closing the laptop. Okay, yeah. if you want to sit and just look at each other, I'm still yeah. fully accessible just to do that. But on purpose. Yeah. You know, like like she writes, this is my deep intention. So mm-hmm. you have, you're intentionally paying all of your intention or yeah. attention to your partner. And what, what wonders would that do? Like, I, I think that I'm going to make that a challenge for yeah, us and good. for you to try to see what it looks like for one month or for one week or for seven days or 10 days or however mm-hmm. long the challenge is. I mean, I guess I put it on our social media, but how we can look at our spouse 
intentionally with full attention and no distractions yeah and being accessible to them i think that that would be just really great and just doing that for just small amounts of time 10 15 minutes where you're not talking over a tv my husband like he can tune out music i cannot like if there's music i'm listening to the words i'm a, I'm a words person i'm listening to the words i'm feeling the beat i'm saying like oh okay i like this or oh i don't like this song he can nothing like yet. like it's nothing happening at all yep it's like a heartbeat it. to you like yep. you don't even think about don't it think about it so so for him it might Facts. not be that I, I have to sit in silence so maybe i mean your your atmosphere might be different but really being intentional about giving full attention and being accessible and available to our spouse. I know that's a lot of vowels going on there. It is. That but is. but I, I, I just love the idea of how critical that could be um, to our to our relationships. Yeah, yeah. And how that's awesome. Good. Anything that's you good. wanted to add to that? No, no, no. I think you yeah, you, you got you drew that one home. You okay. Home. I talked a little bit about it. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I think that um, as, as we kind of study different authors and different concepts and we have these different dialogues yeah. together, um, how do we then apply them to our own experiences? So um, we're getting into our kind of the last two topics for today. So what should not be in our heart? And yeah, it's just, I mean, be in our heart? I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, you start talking about, you start speaking to the heart or try speaking from the heart. I like, I want interested what she's going to have to say. I'm going to let this just read what she says. Okay. That God told her that is. Yes. So um, she writes, um, what is in your heart? What are you harboring in your heart? These are really important questions, sidebar, just to reflect. So what is in your heart? What are you harboring in your heart? What are, is your heart a storage bin for the hurts and pains of the past? Is your heart quicksand in which your feet becomes continuously cemented, if not vacuumed? Is your heart the place where you generate all of your worries, fears, anxieties about what's ahead of you? Is your heart a place where you enact dramatizations of polarization? So having these kind of different positions of your heart, I think this is one of the things that they call like, what is your heart posture? Checking mm-hmm. out like, okay, really, honestly, this is something you do in like the recesses of your own mind and yep. journal and away from your spouse, away from everything, but really being able to assess what really is in my heart. If I didn't have Michael here, if I didn't have my children, what what's going on inside of me? Um, I think those are just critical questions to ask. No, I think, I mean, just, I mean, I'm thinking she's asking the question, right? Cause she talks about communication first, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to receive it and how do you receive it? It's like, to me, she's now, and they say is God is approaching the heart because how you receive and what you say comes where it comes from. Mm-hmm. How you receive something, if you're communicating to me, if my heart's not right, I won't receive it right. Mm, and then good. ultimately, I definitely won't respond back right. So I have to understand, I think, like how God asked her, like, you know what, what is in your heart? What is it? Like, you know what I mean? Is it a vacuum? Is it a place that, you know what, that's pain is sitting there? Like, what's in it? Yeah. Because ultimately, it's going to manifest itself during the communication or during relationships. And I think a lot of us operate from um, a wounded place. I mean, obviously, you kind of collect life experiences as you go on. Yeah. No matter what age you are with your partner, if you're high school sweethearts, or if you don't meet until your 50s or 60s or 70s, there are you have different things that grow you right good and bad yep. things that yep. happen and you you store those in your memories and you store those in your spirit and in your being and um i think that you know doing this assessment regularly like okay yeah. that thing hurt me am i still holding on to it 
am I still, am I going to use this as a sword that I'm wielding against my partner? Is this something that is putting me, taking me back in, in time so that every time that this thing looks like it could happen, I'm, I'm sinking again. Um, I, I really like how she talked about the heart being a storage bin for hurts and pains of the past. Like that's such a great image um, of your heart being this place where you're unable to um, progress. But she also talks about um, what should be in the heart. She says, is your heart fertile ground for the seeds of promise? Is your heart a hearth, the health, the cozy fireplace that makes everyone feel at home? Is your heart bubbling over with love and goodwill? Is your heart the dance of That's differences? Great. She also says, is your heart fertile ground for the seed of promise? Is your heart a hearth, um, the cozy fireplace that makes everyone feel at home? Is your heart bubbling over with love and goodwill? Is your heart the dance of differences? I like this. A dance of differences, a place where individualized expressions can come together and celebrate their uniqueness even in their oneness is your heart a safe place to explore the hurts and pains of the past so that the light of truth can dissipate the darkness mm. is your heart a place of trust and truth a place of reconciliation and forgiveness is your heart fertile soil for the seeds of righteousness man she put them words like string together so beautifully right there it's like man i want to can i want to get there i i'm like for me i i ain't gonna say I, i'm there or been there or have arrived to that place but it makes me want to like Hey, can I, what, what I got to do to get to that spot, right? First, I got to ask the questions, where, where is my heart? Yeah. Where's, where, where am I, where am I at? Mm -hmm. Right. And not saying it stays in a spot, but at least recognize on a daily basis, trying to get it back to that place, right? That place that you said where it's open and forgiveness and reconciliation and is it a green pasture, whatever she said. I'm like, I, not say a green pasture. I don't know, but that's my mind went like, man, I'm like on these hills rolling around Everything is good. The sun is shining. You know what I mean? I'm flying a kite. All this. I'm like, my heart, my heart is, is being uh -huh. that place. Okay. And I'm like, that's where my mind went to. I'm like, okay, if I can get there, then ultimately it's going to help me receive communication better and give communication better. Yeah. Yeah. I really, um, I recognize that this is a process, right? So you're, you're starting with that heart posture. Where yeah. am I right now? And then you can, from there, you can process, okay, I got to work on this. So my heart right now, like she said, you know, it's a box that's storing all this pain and hurt. Um, I want to get to the place where, as she describes it, it's a safe place to explore your hurts. I mm. love that because so often our hearts push us back. I mean, our hurts push us back yeah. versus them being a place to really explore. That really, really hurt. How, how do I sort through that? How do I work through that? And sometimes that might take working with a counselor and sometimes, you know, you can take just a step back and you can journal. And there are lots of things that we can do on our own and there are lots of things that we can do with a counselor. But the first thing is being able to say, you know what, this really did hurt because some of us try to bury that stuff because it's like, no, this will not hurt me. I definitely used to be that person where mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. uh -uh, I'm not going to know anybody. You know, nobody will know that they hurt me. I am going to be just fine. I'm going to bury this thing. I'm going to get over it, you know. It's going to be good. But then you end up building up this scar tissue, you know, like this place where there was a wound and you didn't take care of it. So now you, there, it's still there. It, yeah, you know, it's very yeah. real to you. Um, so I want us to get to the point, all of us, us, you all, to get to Absolutely. the point where, where you're able to really 
take this kind of position with your heart. You're able for it to be fertile, for it to be good ground, for it not to be something that kind of closes you back in where you don't feel comfortable. Is your heart fertile ground? This should be the posture of our heart. This should be what we're striving to do. Yeah, I mean, this to me, this this, this here is good stuff. You know what I mean? It's better than a five-course meal. I'm not a foodie or nothing, but like if I was, though, this would be like the best of the one of the best meals ever. Some people go to, you know, they go out to eat. They just love go out to play. Like, oh, it's food. I'm like, I don't get excited like that. This ain't my thing. But like, I like food. This right here is like, if I was a foodie, this book this would be eats. one. This is good eats. This would be one. Cause like for me, and this week, you can let you close out. But like, the best books are the ones that make you self reflect. Hmm. Right. I don't care what book you, if I'm gonna read a book, it's gonna make, have to make me look on the inside of who I am. Yeah. Right. So this book does that. If I'm reading the Bible, my first thing is I'm looking at like, okay, how does it affect me and how can I be better? Mm-hmm. I ain't worried about y'all out there. I mean, y'all may get something hopefully out of how I operate differently. Yeah. But my goal is not to change you, it's to change me. So hopefully then you see the better change so you change yourself. Well stated. So this book, hopefully, you know, you guys are being challenged. That's, that's why I, ch- I challenge myself for this year. Like, hey, I'm going to read more. Right. You saw my goals. I put on that. I'm gonna read more. I'm gonna get more just in tune. This that, and the other. You gotta clap your hand like I don't read. You told me. I said me I'm gonna read more. When we first got together, I'm gonna say this and then I'll let you close out. But the, when we first got together, mm-hmm. you, I said because I like to read. I like yeah. information. I like to learn. He's like, Nah, I don't read. And I was like, Immediate turn off. I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. You gotta test everybody's boundaries of really how they see people, right? If you give them something that you think that you're not, and they reject you even without really knowing the full facts based off what you say because i'm not about what you say it's about what you do mm-hmm. right so that's if i say something and you all of a sudden like you know not you but anybody like okay i ain't fooling him okay they just they're about words and i'm about actions we just different it's, i want i want to understand there's that. nothing wrong with either one no, there's nothing wrong with either one <laughs> but i have a preference let me see what you do versus let me hear what you're doing because i want to see it because ultimately, we got about action I want anyway. You to say it, and I want you to do what you say. <laughs> I want to hear it. Yeah, you got to hear it. That's, that's, that's it. a whole other show, ladies. A lot of us want to hear some things. Yeah. And be about hearing, and not well, hopefully about they the doing action. it too. So you so, gonna get a start on something else. That's a whole other show, <laughs> but we gonna have to jump into that too. But for today, we thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining us for this conversation, and make sure that you connect with us. So we really do want to hear your thoughts um, and how you kind of are processing this in your own life. So check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and our other social media. Our handles. Um, at Fuse Marriages and always check out our website FuseMarriages.com 